0: My name is Todd Adams. This is
1: Kathy Adams.
0: Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio, um, episode number 191. We got nine more, sweetie. Wow, 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 wow. But first, um, we did not have a show last week. And the reason we did not have a show is because my mom passed away about a week ago Saturday. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I was not up to the task. So what we did was we rebroadcasted um, the show that we did over Mother's Day. Um, where I interviewed, where we both interviewed our moms, so which was kind of nice. Little did I know that when I recorded that, I would be using it in memorial so much, so close to when we actually did it. Mm-hmm. So it, it was bittersweet. The fact that I have it is is awesome, um, but obviously, um, m- way too soon. Mm-hmm. Way too soon. I don't know how much I'll talk about that. But first, I want to give you two cents of what Zen Parenting Radio is. Zen Parenting Radio is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom, that's you, sweetie, mm-hmm. and a logical and practical dad, that's me. We have three daughters, ages 6, 9, and 11. And our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, sweetie, to become a better you. And always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So um, I have we have a few topics. One is I'm going to talk a little bit about my mom uh, I also want to talk about daily progress reports for school. Mm-hmm. I think it's called Power School. Power School. And maybe that's just Illinois or maybe mm-hmm. that's just I Elmhurst. Maybe or... that's the the computer program they use. And then you're going to talk about change. I'm going to talk about change. Like the kind in your pockets?
1: No. You know what? I, I know what you're going to do when I talk about change. I know. You probably already hear me, <laughs> heard me set it up. I didn't, but I know. Um, but anyway, I'm going to talk about the one... Thing, there's only one thing you need to do if you want to make change, and I'm going to tell everybody what that one thing is. Is
0: it to stay the same? <laughs> Isn't there some mm, only thing that's consistent is change? Yes, it's kind of a paradox. Yes. Um, but first, I want to talk about my mom, um, and I don't want to get you know sad and and you know rehash the entire last two weeks of my life, but it was obviously and is and and, and continues to be a struggle for me. Uh, But, you know, my mom doesn't want me to be a schmope and and stop living either. Mm. So, um, you know, picking up the pieces and and trying our best to move on. Uh, But I got an overwhelming response from our listeners. I know. On our Facebook or on our comments page and and even for those of you who didn't, you know, write anything, and were supporting me energetically. I just wanted to acknowledge that and to say thank you very much for um, all your support i would I would read uh, the amount of emails and Facebook entries I got, but we would be here all day that 's how you know supported I felt from just our listeners I mean mm-hmm. obviously friends and family and all that was was awesome too, but I guess i didn 't expect that, mm-hmm. so it was a nice surprise um, you know these people a lot of them listen to us on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. so I'm sure, you know, they felt heavy just the way I did. But um, at the risk of getting deep. Oh, I um, like
1: that. I like getting deep.
0: Um, I don't want to get into the whole thing, but I did a lot of crying over the last few weeks. Yeah. And a night or two, I mean, I can tell a million stories about the last two weeks, but the one I want to focus on is um, uh, how, you, how you, sweetie, allow somebody you love to grieve. Mm because I think it's an important point. And this is, and, and maybe we can have a quick discussion on this, I, a night or two after my mom died, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was kind of, how would you describe me?
1: Um, you were very, very sad and you had to cry a lot and you had to move around a lot. Yeah, it
0: was four in the morning and I was... You were kind of like a kid. I was like a kid. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I was. And Mm -hmm. I was, it was four in the morning and I was in my bedroom and I was pacing and kind of doing all these kind of things to try to let things go or -hmm. let things, you know, go through And, um, what did you do during that time when I was kind of in, I was, I don't want to say I was melting down, but I was, Mm, you were, but that's
1: okay. Right. I mean,
0: so I I think that there's a lesson to be learned here because what a lot of people do in an example like that is, you know, you would maybe hug me or tell me it's going to be okay. Or there's a million different things you could have done. And what did you do?
1: I didn't do anything. I just sat there. You
0: just sat there. Yeah. And for me, in, in that moment of grief, I did not want Kathy to do anything other than to be there. Yeah. I didn't want her to hug me. I didn't want her to console me. I didn't want her to tell me it was going to be all right. I didn't want her to leave. Um, I'm sure it was probably, I don't know if uncomfortable was a word for you, but I don't I don't know what you're...
1: Well, you know, and, and this is, it wasn't, but that's because... that's because I've practiced it a lot in my life and it's because it's professionally what I do. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, it's easy for everybody. It can be difficult the first time because our natural, oftentimes our, actually I think our natural instinct is to allow people to have emotions, but we've been taught to stop people's emotions. Right. So what I did do, Is, you know, you did your thing and I was there. And at one point I said, would you like to be alone? Right. And you said, no, I would like you to be here. And I said, okay, done. And that's the only thing you said said. or did. And
0: this episode probably was about an hour. I don't know. It was a
1: couple hours. Okay.
0: It was a long time. Mm -hmm. And I, I just think that that doesn't mean you never console somebody who's sad, but I think the common practice to your point is to, the reason people are so quick to console is because they feel uncomfortable in that situation. Right.
1: We would we like to think, oh, I'm consoling to help them. Yes. But the truth is we're consoling because we're uncomfortable mm-hmm. and you're consoling because you want them to stop. Right. You're consoling because it's bringing up emotion in you. Right. And so if we become aware of that, then we can, you know, as we say a lot uh, on this show so in regards to kids or anybody you love The ability to sit with someone when they're in pain Mm -hmm. and not try and control it or stop it or talk them out of it is one of the biggest gifts you can give to somebody.
0: Yeah, and how do you tell when it's time to console and put your arm around somebody, and how do you know when it's time to just be there?
1: Well, and that's kind of when I asked, because at one point you wanted to lay on the floor. Yeah, I needed
0: to be grounded. I didn't want a soft bed. I needed to lay on the hard floor.
1: And when you did that, I wanted to make sure that you weren't trying to take space. Yeah. So I said, yeah, I can go. Right. And, you, and you said, no, no, stay You know, stay where you are. But I think you, here's the thing. I don't think there is a rule book about it. I think this is where we have to become aware in ourselves and you feel it. Mm-hmm. You can tell when someone's slowing down. You can tell when a question needs to be asked. This is instinctual right. because we're connected to each other, mm-hmm. all of us. Obviously Todd and I are very connected, but we can feel when someone needs something. We know. And instead of saying, when, how long do I count? How many minutes do I wait? You know. Right. And you may say something and they may snap at you, but that's okay, right. because maybe that needed to happen to get them in a new place. It's there is no perfection about it, but, um, I just think if you can breathe through it mm-hmm. and be present for it with your kids, with your
0: spouse, and this has happened when you've been, you know, working in women's circles and, oh, yeah. and things like that, and sometimes uh, women are releasing, yeah, and a lot of the times the other women want to instantly console. console, right? And you kind of say,
1: "Stay where you are, stay where you are," and and not only stay where you are, but let's continue. Mm-hmm. Let's let her do what she needs to do and be here for her, rather than everybody stare at her and right. wait for her to be done. That's not helping no it's not let's and now we can hand her a kleenex you know like i don't have any there's sometimes when i'm sitting next to someone i'll put my hand on their leg Mm -hmm. not to stop them but to let them know i'm there Mm -hmm. um i just i just know i know you know as i think all of you know that releasing emotion is the healthiest thing we can do letting that out having our feelings sharing them especially and if someone's sharing their feelings in front of you that's an honor Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, I know you. It's say, a it's
0: a it's a symbol of the trust, the trust that this person has to be vulnerable to have in this. front of you. Yeah. So
1: take that as an honor and honor them mm-hmm. by allowing it. And I know, you know, for those of you who have little babies <laughs> and two year olds, you are like it's not so much of an honor when they're you know crying, but it's still they are still trusting you.
0: Well, and I was about to move on, but I think there is an important point. I think this goes for adults, but for kids. You don't want to let him cry, do you? What do you mean? Kid skins his knee. The kid needs a hug. You don't like sit there and not do anything.
1: Oh, I see. I was going to say, yeah, let him cry. Um, Oh, sure. You can console. I think kids are in a different place where they actually need instead of they don't really have the internal support system built up yet. And so they need... The holding, yeah. so they can eventually grow up and hold themselves. Right. So, yeah, but there are times when I, you know, when the girls, when I, you know, in the last couple of weeks we had to share the news of Greeley, our rabbit, passing away, and Gigi, uh, their grandmother, passing away. And um, two of them at one point wanted to be alone. Mm-hmm. And that's totally fine. They asked for it. Right. You know, so it just depends. And that's the thing I think that. Instead of going into a situation and being afraid of being there for people, if we can keep our hearts open, because fear clouds our heart. Fear makes us make poor decisions, like rush through this or say something dumb or, you know... But if we can keep our heart open, they'll let us know. We'll feel what to do. Right. And I'm sorry if that sounds too simplistic, Mm -hmm. but I really believe it. Yeah. Do you believe that?
0: I do believe it. But to your point, you need to be in a place of clarity to do it. And I want to tell a story about a child crying in a second. But first, I want to talk about our first partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Dr. Kelly, she's uh, our chiropractor. She just me, Kathy, and our three daughters on a weekly basis to keep us healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has monthly workshops, so go on her website at ChiroTree.com. Um, and then she's also the she's certified in pediatric chiropractic care. So um, that's something that she has newly she just got her certification for. So she's the goods. Um, and the number is six three zero nine four one eighty seven thirty three. All right. Um, quick example of what happened this morning. Okay. We had one child who was a little grumpy this morning, yeah, didn't we? I'm so
1: tired. And I
0: think that um, you and I were in a pretty good place this morning. We didn't. We weren't up against the clock. You didn't have to go to work this mm-hmm. morning. So we let me first give the disclaimer: we were in a good place this morning, mm-hmm. and you can't always do this. Mm-hmm. But we had one of our kids who was not cooperating was crying and not melting down but just really sad really tired and really tired and we had to go to school and um it would have been very easy for me to say you know what it's time to go to school get your shoes on that's the way it is and instead we just kind of let her be sad and we're like okay listen if you're going to keep on being sad that's fine like we never got mad Mm -mm. but what's going to happen is that we'll have to take you to school late today Mm -hmm. and um I think a lot of parents, even including us, when we're in bed, get your shoes on. I don't care, get Mm -hmm. out the door. Instead, we're like, okay, this is the consequence. If you are going to not eat your breakfast and not and continue to cry, you're going to be late. Natural consequence. Natural consequence. And
1: you know, like Ted said, we could. But there's a few things. Number one, when she woke up and she was so sad, I totally got it. We have had a hell of a week, yeah, and we've had a lot of people in and out of the house, and. For her to wake up and be tired, I'm with her, Mm. you know, and I get it. So part of it is I'm not annoyed at her emotion. That's one piece. Number two, um, there were, like you said, we had options because you were going to ride your bike with the girls. And I said, honey, if you are ready by this time, you can ride your bike. If not, then I have to drop you off. Mm -hmm. So we had those options, which I know not everybody has. And I also know because she and I have done this a lot before, she eventually... She's really good at letting out her feelings. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She's really good at letting it go and then recovering. Mm -hmm. So I trusted that I knew – I mean there was – I had – I did have an annoying point because I got her all ready and then she pulled her hair out and wanted it different and I was like, okay. Yeah, it was a
0: little defiant. Yeah.
1: I was like, okay – you guys go on the mm. bike. I'll take her to school. And she was like,
0: Oh, I want to go on the bike. But the thing is, if we would have gotten, uh, if we would have met her emotions with anger or frustration, it. W- it would have spun out of control and we would have had a much worse morning.
1: And the thing is, is what we think is if we meet their emotion with anger, negativity, or shame, that we may get our needs met in the moment. Mm-hmm. But the you'll, long, get her,
0: you'll get her you'll out the get door. You'll get
1: her to school, maybe. Maybe. Unless she falls to the floor and just completely. But you're not recognizing the bigger picture of that. If your child woke up and is crying, especially after having a week like we've had, How about some compassion? Compassion and empathy, not coddling. Mm -hmm. I still said, time to get up, time to get dressed, I'll help you downstairs. I wasn't like, oh, let's lay here and Mm -hmm. we've done that for four or five days. Yeah. But I can I can respect your feelings and simultaneously inspire you to move along. Yeah. Without raising my voice and making you feel like crap in the process.
0: Yeah.
1: That is possible. I know people say, oh, it's not possible. And they'll roll their eyes. It is possible. It is.
0: Deep breaths. <laughs> it is possible. And just fake it. <laughs> pretend totally. you're not annoyed. Because I was annoyed. Of course. But it, just pretend you're not. Right. Because if you let that annoyance out or the frustration or the anger or the, you know, putting her shoes on, even though she doesn't want, it, it's just going to spiral yeah, yeah. out of control. Shoes.
1: Oh, they're too tight. Oh, okay. You yeah. can do this yourself. Um, but here's, the, here's the, the piece to bring it full circle. When she gets home today- you know, maybe after homework or before or whatever, I will probably bring up to her, tell me about this morning, mm-hmm. tell me what you were feeling, mm-hmm. not to um, discipline her or make her feel bad about it, but walk me through what was going on. And she may just say, I was just so tired. Okay, mm-hmm. there may not be a long story, but I really like coming back to these things. Mm-hmm. I don't like to say, "Ooh, I'm not going to bring that up again, just in case she cries again. Right. I don't believe in that. Something was going on in her, yeah. and if I can, if I can take the opportunity to ask her, and it may happen tonight before bed, mm-hmm. I may say, "Hey, this morning," and she may say, "She may have no big story, and that's okay too."
0: Yeah, okay, um, all right. So our second partner is Doctor John Kelly. He's our dentist.
1: We love Dr. John Kelly And too. he
0: was at my mom's services. I know. He was one of my mom's favorite people.
1: He was. I was in there with the girls a few days before your mom went in the hospital, or no, when your mom was in the hospital, and I said... You know, Sharon is in the hospital, and he looked at me like he was like, "What, yeah, what He was so concerned yeah. and um,
0: there's quite a history there they do between he, those two. he took
1: care of her teeth for a long time,
0: he did, so yeah. anyways, John Kelly he's a dear friend, but he's he's an amazing dentist, and he actually does a lot of things with our children's uh in place of braces and things like that. He does some other type of technology where he actually expands the mouth mm-hmm. and the jaw. Um, so it's
1: did you have you noticed JC's teeth?
0: Yeah, they're already straightening (laughs) out. I know it's crazy. They've only had these expanders in for a few weeks, and uh, their teeth are already starting to straighten. So, yeah, it's cool. John Kelly, uh, 5350 West Devon Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 773 631 6844, and his website is chicagodentistonline.com. So, all right. So the next thing I have is, do you want to talk about your thing first? Sure.
1: I think it kind of lends itself to this. So the thing that I said to Todd that I wanted to talk about today, because it keeps coming up over and over again in different things that I'm watching, seeing, listening to, reading, is this.
0: Oh, this is a different version. It
1: sure is.
0: Yeah. Yeah not the good version. That's too bad.
1: Um, I like his voice, though.
0: That's Shannon.
1: I know. Was that Shannon doing that song?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was him. Okay,
1: you find it while I talk, okay? I will, I will. All right. So is change, is people have things in their life where they a relationship that they'd like to do differently or something they'd like to do differently, a work or something they'd like to heal in themselves or something that they would like to change. And they want that. Intellectually, they want to make a change. Yet, they don't know how to do it. And I think it all comes down to this. And this is, I'm simplifying, but it's the truth. I just, I'm waiting for Todd to play this song. He's stressing me out.
0: Sorry. (laughs) Might have to do a little editing. This is my favorite song of all time, though. I know. Okay. That wasn't quite what I had planned. But you know what? You got to roll with the baby. Well, and for
1: those of you who don't know, that song is changed by Blind Melon. Um, So, the one thing you have to do, Todd, do you know what it is? Breathe. That's part of it. Okay. But you've got to do something different than you've done before. Mix it up. You have got to choose something different.
0: That's the whole insanity thing
1: absolutely and it's been coming back to me over and over again i know that this we've discussed this and i know that we have processed this but i feel like people want help they want support but they want to keep doing things the way they've done them before
0: definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different outcome absolutely
1: and when you if you want a different relationship with your partner mm-hmm.
0: If you get into an
1: argument, you have to do something differently. Right. You have to breathe and not respond in a mean way. You have to breathe and pause and then respond. You have to maybe say, I can't have this conversation right now. With your children, if you would like to, to not yell at them, you have to take a pause and not yell at them. Mm-hmm. You can't say, they make me yell at them. Mm-hmm. You are doing it. Yeah. I understand why. I understand the emotions that come up, and I also understand it's difficult. But I, I, where I start to struggle when I talk to parents or anybody about this is when they say, "Well, this is just the way I am. This is the way I do it." But help me change my relationship. You have got to start do with you. You have to do something different. And here's the thing that you need to understand about yourself and everybody else. Because of who we are, our history, our chemical makeup, our genetics, um, our experiences in the past, we have kind of a set point of how we we deal with things. So when something happens, if we don't pause and take a breath – And become aware, we will handle it the same way we always have it, like our set point.
0: We are creatures of habit.
1: We are. And if we don't stop, if we don't say, if we don't, and this is what self-awareness is. Mm. This is everything that I love to talk about. This is what Zen parenting is. If we don't become aware of how we respond to people, how what feelings come up, how we take care of ourselves. If we don't become aware, we will continuously go back to that set point. Mm -hmm. And a lot of time that set point is not very good. Yeah. A lot of times the set point we have is based on history and pain and being hurt and protecting ourselves and being defensive. And if we don't become aware of that, then we're never going to shift any relationships. And dudes, it's difficult, but it pays off. Yeah. One interaction If you do something differently, you have just set something completely different into motion. Mm -hmm. You have offered an opportunity for this other person to respond differently. You have recognized how it feels to be kinder.
0: Well, and to throw a curveball in there, we were watching Super Soul Sunday yesterday. Uh And they interviewed... um,
1: Oh, uh, Paulo Coelho, uh, Coelho.
0: who wrote The Alchemist. Mm -hmm. And they zeroed in on a quote from that book, which is... You know the universe is conspiring to help, to help you. you, but I, I and I don't remember exactly what the quote is. It's something to that effect. Their, but
1: the universe rises up when you really want something, right?
0: And the way you really want something, let's say you're, you want to change the relationship with your husband, or you want to change the relationship with your boss, or you want to change the relationship with your children, the universe is not going to conspire to help you without your assistance. Without your assistance, yes. and this kind of goes hand in hand, don't you think? Absolutely. Like you can't sit there idly saying, "Okay, universe." Come Do it help for me. me. You got to change in yourself first and then amazing things can happen.
1: And I think that's where the book, The Secret, mm-hmm. even though I don't know if Rhonda Burns' intention was for it to go the direction it did, right. the reason why The Secret was a challenge. I mean, it was a great bestseller, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people have kind of distanced themselves from it because it was kind of like, if you think this way, you'll get a new car. If you think this way, this will come to you. And the truth is, is if you want something, you have to be willing to do your part, Mm -hmm. which is say something different, take a breath, take care of yourself. You have to be willing to do the work and then the universe will rise up to meet you. It's not about you just sit and you put a picture on your vision board and it comes. I mean, I'm sure that's happened occasionally, but- I think that's the piece we miss is we think that everybody else should be taking care of us. Mm -hmm. And the the truth about life is when you take care of yourself, when you make a different choice, when you do something for yourself, then everybody, and I'm including everyone, meaning the universe, everything rises up to meet you. But if you just... If you sit there and say, I'm not going to change, but everybody else
0: needs to. Do you want to come up with any personal examples that you've been able to, you know, have as a success story in the last decade or two?
1: Well, I think every experience I ever have when I'm doing this work with people or kids is, um, I'll just talk about my own kids. When they get into an argument, they will, you know, they, their, their initial reaction is a feeling comes up and they react from it. Mm-hmm. You know, you just took that from me. Give it back. And my interaction is always like, wait a second take a breath. Let's think about what just happened. What's a different way you can do that? Right. My my hope for them is, number one, I'm not going to tell them how to do it, but I am going to facilitate asking them the question, what's a different way you can do that? Because if you do it this way, the inevitable outcome is you guys angry at each other, a fight, mm-hmm. bringing me in. So what's another way? Well, she took it. I know, but what's another way? I can ask for her to give it back to me. Yeah. And then, then you won't... In- and create anger in yeah. her and you'll get your needs met. Now, if she doesn't get it back, you may need to give it back. You may need to ask for help. Mm-hmm. That process of having that discussion, I think helps them develop tools of how to problem solve right. in a calm way. Right. But becoming a part of the argument and yelling at both of them. And then my, my other one would be me in myself. This is not something I just teach. When I'm talking with someone and they're frustrating me or bringing up emotion in me, I have to, in myself, recognize that I'm having a feeling and yes, I'd like to retaliate and maybe it would feel good in the moment. Maybe I'd have that sense of, see, I win, hear me, I'm better, but it won't help in the long run. Mm -hmm. It'll damage our relationship. It will damage the way I feel about myself. It'll be something I carry around. So instead, take a breath and do something different, Kathy. Don't do this.
0: Do love instead. Well, we recently had um, an an exchange with somebody who we know well, and it started getting a little heated. And you stopped and said, "My relationship with you is too important to uh, continue down this path." And I thought that was a wonderful, wonderful reframing of the conversation, and that kind of dissipated a lot of the energy. And I think that that was a wonderful tool because. I think a lot of people might, um, you know, once you start going, it's hard to stop.
1: Yeah, it is. And no matter what situation we're in, I think when we get angry, the feeling that comes up for anyone is that feeling of, like, I am entitled to my feelings and I'm going to let you know. And I'm going to, you know, and that's what kids are like all the time. You know, I'm going to – and even though you are entitled to the feeling – the separation is you're having the feeling, but what are you going to do with it? It's okay to have the feeling. The feeling is so, uh, you know, you honor that feeling. It's telling you something, it's releasing pain, it's doing whatever. But then if you behave from that feeling, Mm -hmm. it's going to create more pain. Right. And so, you know, sometimes that, so that's the space is the breath between the feeling
0: and the response. Stimulus and the reaction. So
1: my, so to wrap this up, the biggest tool to create change do something different mix don't it up mix it up don't do it the same way you did it before and all of a sudden that new way becomes a habit nice and job. then that becomes your set point
0: and so and habits take three weeks to set in right yeah so just once isn't going to change it but if you do it over three weeks things might happen Rock for on. you um we have three nice reviews here okay uh, and i want to talk about the school uh the school okay. thing too okay. and we have plenty of time okay Um, We had somebody, uh, Kim from Arizona. She said something wonderful. I don't know what she named it, but it was a nice... She she said it's inspiring. And then Bobby from Canada. I think Bobby's a boy. B-O-B-B-Y. Is that boy or a girl? It could be either. Oh, okay. Uh, He also said we were inspiring. And then... Um, lastly, Duo Glass from the USA, um, three really nice reviews. And the reason we bring this up is because we are hoping you can help, help our reviews on iTunes because it helps us attract more listeners. So if you haven't yet done so, one small, simple effort you can do to help us is to give us an iTunes review, right, sweetie?
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. And like Todd said, what it does is it, uh, helps promote us on iTunes, do you know what I mean like
0: it it raises our exposure exposure yeah. on iTunes yeah, yeah. um so Ouch. last we went to a uh, parent school deal last year mm-hmm. our oldest is going uh, last week uh, last week
1: <laughs> felt like last year right
0: our um our oldest daughter is going into 6th grade so uh-huh. it's our first she's in 6th grade she's in 6th grade right now so we did um where we sat in it is what's seven at night and we sat in on each one of her classes for five minutes it was I
1: mean, like an open house yeah
0: and we met her teachers and it was really really it was great
1: good. yeah we needed it because this is our first experience with middle yeah. school with our kids i
0: wasn't really looking forward to it, it just sounded like another thing uh, that i had to do but after i was done i was, I was glad, glad I, I, did it. I did it me too but one of the things that they talked about was um how they distribute grades and how they keep track of kids and they have something called Power School, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of parents out there probably know exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. This is brand new to you. Yeah, and
1: I. I think I think my sister told me that even her kids had it in elementary school. So I think you know a lot of communities have Power School. So
0: the lady who was kind of explaining what it was to us said, you know, you can do all these different things with Power School. You can on a daily basis find out how your kid is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can know exactly you know what they got on this quiz you can set daily reminders t- for yourself get emails you can get emails uh-huh. to see how your kid is doing and i might make a lot of people either laugh or get upset at me but and i don't know what's going to happen but i feel like once you start down that road of checking up on your kid to um make sure that they're doing everything it kind of removes their own ownership Mm. over their school curriculum. Mm -hmm. So I am going to go into this sixth grade with my daughter um, with the idea of, I will check on it as long as much as you would like me to, Mm -hmm. daughter of mine, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to check on it every day or every week. I mean, unless Mm -hmm. she asks that. And I think that there is a lot of parents that have a different philosophy than me. And just because We disagree doesn't mean one's right and what's wrong. But what works for me and my family at this moment is I don't plan on checking that at all Mm -hmm. unless my daughter says, hey, dad, will you help me see what's happening? See what's happening. But other than that, I'm not even going to look at it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll look at it to try to get because sometimes homework assignments are online and and she forgot her book or something logistical and I think like that's that. Different than Power School. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's just the school website. Yeah, that's just the school website. So um, I think there's a lot of parents that would disagree with me on this. And well,
1: and and maybe they have a child who they feel like if they don't do that, then they can't inspire them to do better. I don't know. I, I here's what I was saying to Todd because I knew he wanted to bring this up today. Is it's great that this is. Available. available, right? It, you know, it's, so it's not about power schools bad. So please don't hear that. It's about how we use it, mm-hmm. and it's about how we continue to communicate with our kids. Instead of it being another tool that pits us against them and holds something over their head, can it be something that we do together? because as Todd said, what we talked to our daughter about was, how often do you want to check this? And she's like, I don't know. And I said, well, just so you know, here's the password. Here's how you get into it. If you, if you need it, um, you let us know or you do it yourself. And if she comes to us, as Todd said, and can't get in or wants us to look at something with her, that's fine. Or maybe if she comes to me and says, I'm really worried about this grade, Mm -hmm. you know, like I don't, I'm not sure what I got. Okay, well, let's go look and see. So it's nice to have it, but I'm not going to use it. Mm
0: -hmm. Just because it's there doesn't mean, and I feel like a lot of parents are like, oh, I guess I got better start checking up on this. No, you don't. You don't have to. You don't have to. If you you want to. to, go ahead. And, um, That doesn't mean, you know, we help our kids with homework every day. Right. And I always say, let's focus on the homework. I don't really care too much about the tests. I don't think, and this also might make parents laugh or get mad at me, but I don't think I've ever asked any of my three kids how they ever did on a test or a quiz. Right. And the reason I do that, it's not that I'm not curious. I am, but I don't ask because I don't want them to think that that is my... Determinant on whether or not they had
1: a good day they had a good day or if
0: I think they think they're smart I could care less about the test and the quiz and I might change my mind tomorrow or change my mind in high school but I don't care I care that they try hard doing homework and I do not give any attention to the test or the quiz
1: and I think that that's the key right there is where you're putting your energy and where I feel like I put my energy and I think you would agree Todd that you do this too the energy is in the responsibility did you bring your books home are you you know ready for the quiz did you study for it did you turn in your homework are you showing up to school are you you know are you are you there Mm -hmm. are you participating Mm -hmm. if you are then everything else just you know be so that's where i'm going to put my energy is on the making sure like with skylar She's in first grade this year, so this is her first year with, like, homework mm-hmm. after school. So I had to kind of teach her about the routine. Yeah. Like, because she would come home, like she did in kindergarten, and be like, I'm going to go outside, mm-hmm. which is great. And I'd say, you know what? Go outside for a little bit. Get some of that energy out. And I said, but then we come back and get the homework done now. Right. So tonight we can have dinner and blah, blah, blah. Right. That's our routine in the house. Right. And she had to learn that. Right. And there's no, like scariness around it. This is just the way things go. And so the girls don't really question that. They get home, they do homework, yeah. and then we move on.
0: Yeah, you, we set it up yeah. so it's understood. This is the expectation.
1: You create a situation for them to succeed, but succeed to me means the responsibility piece rather than the outcome piece. Mm-hmm. And if, as we said, if they were struggling in one area or the, it seemed, they seemed to be really having difficulty, then we might pay attention to other things.
0: And some people are like, well, how do you know if they're struggling if you're not checking up on their grades? Well, they kind of tell us. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. Ask us. them. I don't yeah. need um, power school to tell me whether or not my kid is failing a grade. Mm-hmm. I would hope that she would say... I'm really struggling.
1: And that's the piece where, again, it goes back to communication, you guys. There's so many layers here because I think the thing that if we are judgmental or we are a micromanager of our kids' lives, then they won't tell us these things. If they can come to us and tell us things, and we can tolerate it, mm-hmm. and maybe we didn't tolerate it before, but again, we're trying to make change, yeah. so we do something different, and we actually say, "Tell me about that," right. and Be- we
0: don't, because if our reaction is, "How
1: did you get a D on that test?"
0: Then they're, never they're not going to tell you the next time.
1: You're going to find the paper at the bottom of their backpack, or you're going to hear from it. You're going to hear about it. The at, teacher's
0: going to email you yes, or whatever, because
1: they're afraid to come to you, mm-hmm. and so. And this is not just about grades. It's about I Everything. broke something in the kitchen. Yeah. It's about my sister and I are having an argument and you not assuming that they did something wrong. There's, there's a relationship mm-hmm. that is being built, and there will be times when the girls will ha- think they should hide something from us. We've had those experiences. But then the discussion is you don't need to do that. And let me tell you why. Because we can talk this through. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's not that they're never going to make a mistake. It's that we're going to keep the communication Ooh. open. And Todd and I are going to work on keeping ourselves in check. So they don't have to carry the weight of our disappointment.
0: Our main goal is that when they screw up, that we don't react judgmentally right. in that moment. Right. That doesn't mean that we're always going to do it perfectly. And but that doesn't that, mean
1: there won't be consequences. Yeah,
0: exactly. Right. But that's my goal is that they're going to be They're not going to be thrilled to come home and say that they broke a window (laughs) or got a D on a test. Right. And we're not pretending that they should be. But I hope that they have enough trust in our relationship and our ability to not react from a place of anger. And,
1: And here's why. If they did one of those things, broke a window, got a D on a test, I know that they already feel bad about it. Yeah. If we make them feel worse about it, they will become defensive and pretend they don't care. Mm-hmm. But the truth is is they do care. So my job is to back up and allow them to have the emotion that they have about breaking a window because the natural instinct is I don't feel I feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. Their initial response may be a little bit of laughing or discomfort, but the truth is I trust that every person feels that sense of right and wrong. And our job is to back up, allow them to have that emotional expression and then guide them through that rather than say, you should feel worse than that. Like one, just as a small example, one of the things that parents used to tell me, I don't really talk to people about timeouts anymore because they're not, (laughs) you know, on my, my... list anymore, but the they would say, well, I'll put my kid in a timeout and he's just not sad enough about it. He needs to get sadder about being in that timeout. And the thing is, is if they're laughing or moving or trying to get away, they do feel upset. They do feel uncomfortable, but you are being difficult. So they're going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. You are combating with mm-hmm. them. They don't want to let, you don't want them to win. They don't want you to win. Right. This is human nature. And so to say, I'm going to make them feel worse. You're just hurting your own relationship with them.
0: Two more two last thoughts okay. on Power School and then I think we have to slowly close the show. Um one is I know my personality well enough that if I even um you know get a sniff of checking on them every week, it's gonna be hard for me to pull back on that. In other words, if I check on it every week I might find out like, oh, I'm actually checking every three days and then I'm (laughs) checking every two days. So I know enough about my personality that as long as my daughter is okay with me checking as much as she wants me to, not how much I want to, I just know my personality. I'll be like all of a sudden I'm checking every day to see how they do it. So that's just my thing.
1: Well, and just to add to that, let's make it her responsibility and we will help her Mm -hmm. rather than our job to oversee everything she's doing.
0: Well, that that was my second point. The second point is I want them to be empowered by their own education. Yeah. And if I am the one cracking the whip. Yeah then they're going to do as much as they can to please me. I don't want them to please me. I want them to love school and learn. And I don't really care if they get a C or a D or an A or a B on a test. Because if
1: they love school, they'll keep going. That's right. And if they love school, they will find a way to learn things. And if they love school, they will find a way to get to whatever college or community college or apprentice program or whatever it is they're interested in because they like learning and they know what they can do. Mm -hmm. If school becomes a chore... and, and again, you know, let's just call it as it is. Sometimes school is a chore. Yeah. There's no, it's not like they're going to love every day. They get up and get grumpy about yeah. going. It's a lot of work. But if they have that plus our the concern that we're on their back yeah. then we are you know that's what race to nowhere is about yeah which is we're showing that this thursday this thursday
0: uh, at field school are the information will be in the show notes of this show but it's free you just need to reserve your ticket so um september 11th field school uh sponsored by bu inc and field pta mm-hmm. um and some uh, one of my A guy I know found us, found our show and he's like, what is BU? Mm. And I feel like sometimes we refer to it on the show, but we don't really talk about what it is. Mm -hmm. Do you want to give a quick...
1: I will. What I'll tell you guys is that BU is in development, which is why we have a hard time saying what it is. One of our taglines, one of our many taglines, is helping um, parents and kids live from the inside out. What does that mean? Because my dad was like, people may not know what that means. Mm -hmm. What we mean is to become more heart-centered and less knowledge-centered, mm-hmm. to work from that instinctual place, that place of compassion, that place of love, and that place of um, what life is supposed to be about, which is thrive, thriving and joy. Mm-hmm. And if we work from that place, things work out. That's what The Alchemist is all about. Right. You know, If you work from your heart, The Alchemist is uh, Paulo Coelho's, is that how he say his last name? Yeah. His book, if you haven't read it, you need to, but he was on Super Soul Sunday this weekend. It's all about if you follow the desires of the heart, you will meet... Everything you need, Mm. you will your the universe will open up for you, but too often we're in our head. So that's the gist of BU. What is what do we do in BU? Zen parenting falls under BU, all my books fall under BU. Um, BU Girls Club falls under BU, our retreats, our workshops, our classes, events like Race to Nowhere falls under BU. BU is our company, Mm -hmm. and everything we do falls under it, right? Why is it called BU? Because that's what we're trying to help people do, become more of themselves. Right. If you're more of yourself, then you can give more to others. So it's not about a focus just on you. It's a heal yourself and then you can give.
0: Right. Um, and then uh, we can't forget about our last partner, which is Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Their number is 630-956-1800. Uh, and the website is avidco.net. Um, Kathy has two books with a third one that's going to be released in December. December
1: 1st. And you know what it's called? Did I already say what it was called? Say it again. Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn, The Power of Self-Aware Parenting.
0: I like it. If I had my applause set up, I would just play that. But... It,
1: you, thank you. It was The Power of Self-Aware Parenting, Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn. But I switched it because I like that. Live what you want your kids to learn. Don't tell them what they should do. Live it. Live it, and then they'll do it.
0: Right. Uh, and a few other things is we do have that voicemail uh, option on our website. So if you have a question, click on that link and um, just speak into your computer and we'll hear it and maybe we'll play it on the show. Um, and then uh, you can subscribe by uh, going to our website. Just put your email address in there and you'll get all our blogs and shows and everything Um directly to your email inbox, which is pretty powerful if you want to do that. And then lastly, uh, don't forget to share our show. Don't forget. Because we don't really do traditional marketing. Kathy and I kind of fight about this all the time. (laughs) And I'm kind of at this moment um, agreeing with her is the way we grow our show. Is for people for our listeners to tell friends word of mouth. That's really the best way we know how to do it.
1: Do you know one thing I was thinking of? I know we have to go, but I was thinking about. Do you remember Saturday Night Live after nine eleven when it came back? Yes, and they said it. You know, Giuliani came on. And he said, "Is it you know?" And Lauren Michaels said, "Is it okay to laugh again?" Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I was Do you wondering— you remember the
0: next line is? What? He said, why start now? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Thank you.
1: But it's, you know, when you have a a, a trauma in your life, as Todd and I have had a few, um, and it's hard to go back to normal. You We can't go back to normal because there is we have a new normal now, and we're not even really fully adjusted to that new normal. Right. But the truth is, is that what I know about my mother-in-law, Um, who I love very dearly, is that she was really funny and she loved so much and gave so much and she would want us to continue doing what we're doing. She was one of our biggest fans. She was one of our biggest fans. She shared our show all the time. She shared everything I wrote. And so we're going to go back to laughing again, not to forget, because we can't. (laughs) It's to um, honor her. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to say that. Because some
0: people get their huh. kicks. We, on a we dream. played this at her uh, service on Friday. Yeah.
1: Beautiful service. Let it, let it
0: so, this is to my mama. I love you, mama, wherever you are. Because this fine old world, it keeps spinning around. I've been a puppet, a pauper, a pirate, a poet, a pawn, and a king. I've been up and down and over and out. And if I didn't think it was worth one single
1: try